welcome you into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopto, C70 of the Bat, at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, is Tara Wellman from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman on Twitter. Um, it's uh, Easter Sunday. We hope that everybody has had a good, if probably unique, uh, Easter. Um, don't imagine many of you made it out to church this morning. Um, hopefully you had it uh, brought to you. Um, and Tara, this is another another Sunday and another Easter Sunday without baseball. And that just kind of adds to the weirdness. It's, I mean, we kind of, even with early Easter's, at least there's a spring training game, it's kind of a little bit strange to, you know, not have that going on Easter afternoon. Yeah, I keep getting this day in history reminders from Facebook. And mm-hmm. most of them are things that were about baseball, whether I was calling a high school baseball game or I was attending a minor league baseball game or I was watching a major league game. So yeah, to not have baseball right now is it's, we're certainly feeling it a bit more than, you know, those initial couple of weeks where it was just spring training games. And now we're into what should be a really exciting part of the season, figuring out who fits where and what didn't work coming out of spring and how the rotation looks and who isn't living up to expectations and who's surprising everyone. And then of course the minor league season, just getting underway and seeing who lands where with what team and who the stars are going to be on, on those teams over the summer and getting a, a glimpse at some of that new talent. All those things should be happening right now. Plus, as you mentioned, Easter Sunday the, feels a little strange to just kind of ignore that altogether other than, as you mentioned, at home, perhaps watching a service on the internet, which is the beauty of the technology we have to our advantage right now. But the technology doesn't help baseball, at least not yet. Although, you know, maybe that's something they should consider as they're looking at all of these plans to see how we can get baseball back on the schedule. But yeah, it's everything's weird right now. I don't know how much longer we can say that before it just becomes exhausting because I'm already quite tired of it and fully appreciating what was once perhaps mundane and normal at this point. Yeah. Talking about the technology though, they they have started up that MLB the show tournament that's true. with have. all the players. So that's that may be the closest thing we get this year. I don't know. Um, and I was before you and I got on. I was watching just a little bit of the the clips and and everything. I, that would I would I could see the appeal of that to some degree to have guys if you could. And I don't know if you can. I haven't. I think you can. I haven't tried, but I think you could watch the whole game to have those two guys. And I mean, I'm sure they're. Like, I don't know if they're completely talking trash, but they're at least talking, interacting while you've got some sort of game on. I mean, it's not baseball, but at least it would be somewhat interesting. I would think. I mean, it's entertaining and we don't already know how it ends. Exactly. So that's better than perhaps some of all the old games we've been able to watch, which are great in their own right. But, you know, you can only watch so many games in a row where you know how it ends before you feel like you'd like to be a little bit surprised by something. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. I, that's, Alan and I talked about that this weekend and, and you know, we were talking about you know, right now um, the game of the day, if you will, if MLB has kind of put a, a highlighted game up is game seven of the 2006 NLCS. Um, Wainwright's working himself into trouble. I don't know what's going to happen to get him out of it. Um, you know, it is that it is. There is a little bit of less. I mean, it's nice to see those things. It's, but you know, it reruns only go so far. Now I will say if they really wanted to be interesting <laughs> in this regard, it's what they need to do is find some old games from the sixties or seventies and just random games. 
then yeah. I mean, at least you could watch them and say, oh, who won this game? I don't know who wins this game. You know, I mean, if it's not anything special. Yeah. Um, you know, that- I was I was thinking about that even on the opening day uh, sort of stay at home celebration that Major mm-hmm. League Baseball did, of course, showing game six for the Cardinals in the uh, World Series in 2011 is uh, the game in right. modern history. But I almost wished that it was just some random opening day from a year <laughs> past that we didn't we hadn't seen a hundred times. We didn't know every storyline. Not that I don't love that story or love watching that game, right. or at least the end of it. The first half is pretty terrible. But um, I almost wanted to just feel that, you know, I don't quite know every detail of this. I don't know who does what and and how it all ends and how it plays out and what all the storylines are. And that's what I think we're starting to miss is not the stuff we already know so well, but the stuff that, you know, we haven't seen. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think you're right. Just a, a random game or on that day, I would have loved for every game that played to just be an opening day game from mm. some past year to kind of emphasize the opening day theme and give us something that maybe we hadn't, gone back and watched a dozen times in the last year so i don't know it's we're we're all grasping for the entertainment factor and right now it's easy to go back to those classics but you're right maybe maybe just a random game from april at some point would be more entertaining than going back and and trying to relive the stuff we already know so well yeah i mean (laughs) I will say the other the other side of that the other option of that is is definitely going back and getting older games just so you can see players you're not used to players maybe you've only heard of. I was Alan and I talked a little bit about this, but I got to thinking about it later on. You know, find some all star games and put on. Mm, um, yeah. You know, you'll still probably you know know how it comes out. You know, maybe you know the National League wins or the American League wins, but you're going to see. Well, one, you're going to see your Hall of Famers, and you're, then you're going to see these guys that, oh, yeah, that guy was really good for one year, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little bit different, too. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this if you want to continue to <clears throat> to put reruns up on the on the big screen, which I think, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know that I've watched a lot of them, um, but it is kind of nice to know that they might be there. I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, they got to have some programming, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> gotta that's something true. on uh, on those channels all day, every day. So, yeah, I think it's a, an, a great option. Like I said, I get it. Those classic games are easier to pull from. They're easier to market as a, hey, look what we're going to play tonight to get people mm-hmm. to jump in and watch. But I, I think they're, I don't know, I mentioned this in a, one of the last videos I did, what I love so much about baseball is just almost that sort of mundane nature of it, that it's right. there every night. Mm-hmm. You can watch it tomorrow if you miss the game today. And it doesn't have to be game seven of the World Series every time to be something that I want to watch. So yeah, I think there's definitely an opportunity to capitalize on that feeling and maybe show some of those old games, maybe show something that was significant in a different way. You know, maybe it's a, a milestone game mm-hmm. for an all-star who, you know, hit fill in the blank home runs or doubles in a season or whatever. You know, you can, there are so many ways you can pick out a specific game that doesn't necessarily mean just drawing out of a hat somewhere <laughs> for right. a random game, a random date in history. But there are lots of ways to utilize the massive amount of content that baseball provides 
that I don't know, maybe you change it up a little bit at this point and and don't go for the uh the obvious answer every time. Yeah, like like today and, and Fox Sports was running a game from last year where Paul Goldschmidt had to get a grand slam or something like that. But it would have been, you know, made a whole lot more sense for them to show the Easter Sunday game where Albert Pujols hit three home runs, you know, because right. it's Easter Sunday or an Easter game from another year. You know, like I said, even they'd have to be that one, just pick one randomly. I know there's rights issues. I know there's some things, you know, how much can they do? But you'd think with, if they showed it, if they aired it, you know, they should be able to re-air it. Um, and, and Fox Sports Midwest has been doing this for a long, long time. Although I will say that 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 Easter Sunday game might have been a KPLR game. I take that back. So they may not have been able to show it. Mm, yeah. <sighs> Strange things we get into with rights. So, <laughs> anyway, um, but you know, again, all of this is we want actual baseball back, and the powers that be tend to want baseball back too because they keep putting out. Well, they don't put out somebody. Yeah, somehow it gets out. I'm sure Somehow. they. Wow, I don't know. Yeah, I'm How sure they are. It's like, getting to the public. Man, I mean, they are locking the doors, and then just <laughs> somehow it just slips right underneath. I, I don't know, but um, these ideas that you know, early in the week it was play everybody goes to Arizona, and then later in the week it was a Arizona Florida. You know, you go to wherever your spring training is, and you're going to play those teams. So the Cardinals would be in a division with the. The Astros and the Nationals and the Mets and the Marlins. And that is uh, fairly kind of crazy <laughs> in and of itself. But, Tara, I know y'all talked a lot about it on Terps, and you did a good job of, of really breaking down all the problems with it. But um, to me, when you get into the Arizona and Florida, it's like two different options to make these things go bad. Yeah. I mean, the reality is neither of those solutions is good. <laughs> Um, they're interesting to talk about in so much as creating some bizarre version of baseball can be interesting, but that doesn't necessarily mean either one of them eliminate the problems that they're dealing with now with just normal baseball schedules, right? So you're still dealing with a large collection of people in the same place. You're still dealing with all of the different layers to the personnel that have to be there because it's not just the teams and the coaches, it's trainers, it's people in the clubhouse, it's somebody to turn on the the lights in the facility and to run the scoreboard and the people who work in the hotels and the people who drive the buses and the people who are cooking their food, whether it's at a restaurant or at the facility. I mean, there are so many people involved and, you know, then there comes the the personal layer of families of the players and families of the coaches and families of if there's going to be TV there, then you have to have all those people there. And are you going to sequester them for the entire four and a half months? Because what about their families? If we're asking the players to leave their families, are we asking? I mean, it just gets so complicated either way. Um, I think the the division, as far as some in Florida, some in Arizona, probably alle alleviates some of the scheduling issues as far as just having more places to play games on any given day. Plus it, it allows you to kind of just be um, almost a second layer of isolated in that you play in your facility, you play at the place that you always are. You're not necessarily swapping venues or swapping clubhouses and that sort of thing is often. So it does kind of, minimize that to an extent and you're not doing quite as much shuffling around which could potentially be spreading around something if someone comes down 
with the virus or comes into contact with it, whether they know it or not. But again, it doesn't really solve the safety issue that's at the core of all of this, which is you don't want to be the thing that sparks another wave of people becoming infected with this virus. So if you put a massive number of people together and try to tell them to stay six feet apart when they're in front of cameras, it doesn't mean they're going to do that when they're not in front of cameras. And Mm -hmm. then you can become the source of something pretty terrible. Major League Baseball certainly can't afford that at this point. So I don't know. I don't know how many other bizarre suggestions were mentioned in these meetings. I imagine them as Zoom meetings because that's the only way anyone can hold meetings (laughs) at this point in time. And uh, I I have to also imagine that there are some crazy concepts flying around that may or may not be more effective or more believable than the ones that we've actually heard escape to the public. But I don't know that they've, I don't think they've really hit on it yet. I don't think they've found the right answer. And that's because there's still not a solution Mm-mm. that feels safe. No, I mean, you look at the projections and you look at, you know, what they're, you know, talk about when this could break. And, you know, right now, the end of May is looking at least somewhat promising for there to be limited cases. But again, once you start freeing up the social distancing and, and you're allowing people to get together, you don't know if there's not, you know, something's going to flare up again. And that's, it's kind of the insidiousness of this uh, disease is, you know, people don't necessarily have, I mean, you could sit somebody at the gates and take everybody's temperature, but that doesn't necessarily mean somebody that doesn't have symptoms is not going to sneak through and and you're going to have your issues. And you're right. I mean, if, if we go through and we open up, you know, back up society as it were and baseball is the reason we have to shut it back down i mean that's i don't think i'm not saying it's a death knell for baseball but it does not help anything i mean that's one way to make sure the next generation doesn't care for baseball because there's going to be that negative connotation of they try to do too much too fast and we paid the price for it so um i i don't i don't see how they can do anything until there's at least the option of you know having three or 400 people together. Um, and so they could have maybe games at stadiums without fans, at least that option. But, but right now, man, it just, it doesn't seem possible at all. I mean, unless you're playing on virtually on MLB the show. Yeah. Which, you know, that's a, that's one option. That's a thing you could do. <laughs> it's, it's a, it is a thing. There's no doubt about it. Um, but so again, Hopefully, I mean, maybe you're looking at, you know, June before the teams can get together, which may mean a <laughs> July start of at kind of feeling like best case scenario nowadays. Yeah. But there's also the scenario that there's no baseball this year. And if there is no baseball this year, I wanted to talk a little bit about how it impacts some people. Um, you know, for some players, probably most of those in the middle of the career, it may not make as much of a difference, but there are people on you know both ends of the spectrum that this could be a huge thing. And, and let's start before we get into individuals. I know you and I, we've talked about it before, but you're seeing it even more now where there are a lot of minor leaguers that are, are really already starting to have to possibly give this thing up and go and try to find something else to do whenever they can. Um, because I mean, there's even a much better chance that there's no minor league season this year. 
Yeah, you know, that's a, a very real reality for some of these guys. And it always, I, I feel like people hear that and kind of take it as, you know, just a, a I don't know, they, they take it as a, a thing that might happen to somebody, but probably isn't likely. And I think what we all need to realize is that there are guys who walk away from baseball every year because they can't afford to play it anymore. And that's in a normal year when they've been able to plan for the season and plan for when they're going to get paid and plan for how little they're going to get paid. At this point, there are guys who still don't have their check from baseball as it is that was supposed to be $400 a week. Mm -hmm. Supposedly they're getting it in, in one lump sum and some guys have gotten money. Some guys haven't gotten money. There's no clarity on when they're going to get it or if it's coming all at once or, or what that means. But that means these guys have been living for a month plus without any help. And a lot of people in any walk of life are not going to be able to go a month or six weeks without any sort of income and continue to make ends meet. So you're legitimately going to see guys who have to walk away from baseball in order to just survive their regular lives. That's what the consequences are of not playing baseball this season will be. And that's something that happens every year anyway. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, as much as we all want baseball back, <laughs> Um, I promise you those guys want it back a little more because it's not just their entertainment, it's their career. And their career may very well be over as a result of this delay that no one could have predicted. Yeah, and I mean, you think about you think about guys drafted late. You think about a, a Matt Carpenter type, maybe, yeah. that, you know, drafted late, took a little bit of time getting up through the minor leagues. You know, if it's a guy that doesn't have a support system, you know, maybe he doesn't make it after with a gap like this. And you've missed out. I mean, because we're, you know, it's very easy to kind of write off this idea that, oh, if somebody doesn't, you know, if they quit, they're probably not going to make it anyway. And they may not. But there, there are some people there that could be quality players that could be players that help teams. I'm not saying that we're necessarily talking about Hall of Famers, but guys that could even maybe eventually get their 10 years in the big leagues and, and get their pension that are never going to have that opportunity because they have to go, you know, feed themselves right now. Um, it's, uh, and, and, and like you said, it happens every year, but this is just, this is going to exasperate that, that situation. And it's, it's, it's going to be worse. Yeah. And, and I want to clarify, like I'm, I'm very well aware that people make that kind of choice all the time, mm -hmm. whether it's baseball or not. I think that sometimes when I say things like that or when we have this conversation, the tendency for anyone who might disagree is to say, well, yeah, but, and <laughs> insert anyone else who's ever had to struggle in chasing a dream or trying to figure out how to pay their bills. I get it. It's not an exclusive problem to minor league baseball players, but the reality is they work in an industry that has created an imbalance on purpose and has not only created that imbalance, but has fortified it with legal exemptions that keep them from having to do anything about it, even though they have the means to. Now, this situation is certainly different, and I understand that there are thousands of people that every organization is trying to figure out how to take care of if they can take care of them all without also bringing in revenue. 
I understand that it's a complicated puzzle for everyone. And I also understand that minor league baseball players are not the only one having only ones having to make tough choices as far as chasing their dream and paying their bills are concerned. But these guys are in fact professionals at what they do. They're not still trying to make it. They are already professionals. At least that's how they're being asked to live. They just aren't being provided the means to do that. So while I can say, yes, this happens all over the place, we talk about baseball on this show. And yeah. that is why we're specifically focused on the baseball realities of this. And, um, you know, it's not necessarily to say Major League Baseball should fix this all tomorrow. While I think that argument could be made, the point is this is just going to be devastating for a lot of people in a lot of walks of life minor league baseball players are going to be particularly hard hit by it because they're some of the lowest paid workers in the country anyway. Yeah. I mean, and that's, yeah, that's the focus of the show. You know, we don't really talk about, well, how this affects the stock market and how all this affects, you know, anything else in Which society. Which is good because I know nothing about that. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I mean, people could say, I don't know anything about what we do talk about and that's fine too, but yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's, that's where we're going to focus and that's, that's fair because then again, like you said, we're not going to say that this ranks up there with people that are, you know, physically dealing with a disease or, right. or anything of that nature, but you know, you have to, you have to pick up what you're going to talk about and that's where we're at. So um, let's, let's go to the other side of the spectrum though. And let's talk about two guys that are late in their careers in Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina. You know, obviously, Adam Wainwright came back on the one-year deal, $5 million with the $5 million incentives. Yachty's in the last year of his deal, which we thought we would see an extension in spring training. And maybe because <laughs> spring training was so short, we did not. Um, and so technically, if there is no season this year, both of those guys, well, in theory, could be gone. I mean, what do you think the chances are? Let's, just, let's look at Adam Wainwright first, because I think maybe he's a little bit more clear cut um you know what does a, a year off do for adam wainwright boy it's so tough i mean we've talked about this a little bit away from the show and i think it, it could go a couple different directions i mean i think that a year away from baseball for someone like adam wainwright who's such a competitor and wants so badly really to go out on his own terms could maybe even increase that fire a little bit. Although I'm not sure how much room there is on that scale to go further, but if there is, he might find it or, you know, even just in regards to you sometimes don't appreciate something until it's taken away from you. Now I think Adam Wainwright has had a couple of those seasons that allowed him to keep baseball in perspective in that regard. But you know, a reminder is not always a bad thing that said, I think it's going to be a lot harder to come back after a year basically off at his age and at the point he is in his career than it would be for, say, Jack Flaherty to come back after, you know, pitching so brilliantly last year and then find it again. Um, it's hard to know exactly what to expect from Adam Wainwright ever at this point, right? Because we've seen him looked like he absolutely was gassed and had nothing left to give. And then we've seen him find it again and turn it around and surprise everybody with how effective he's able to be 
and how consistent he was able to be at times last year. So um, it's it's hard to it's hard to expect him to be back to the level he was at last year where pitching in the NLCS at home, everyone thought was a great idea. Right. (laughs) Um, But I, I can also see him taking on that challenge pretty personally and wanting to prove that he can still do it. The other thing though, is that I could honestly see Adam Wainwright having a year at home with his family, especially with that new little guy and (laughs) deciding to just be a dad. And realizing that baseball has given him so much, he's enjoyed every second of it, but he has this other life that he has plenty of time now to invest in with his family and with his charity work and with the other projects that he wants to take on in life. And, you know, there's a there's a chance that he comes out on the other side of this and goes, you know what? I loved baseball as long as I played baseball, but I also love the rest of my life and I'm okay with walking away now. That would be very sad for me because I would love to see Adam Wainwright sort of right off into the sunset, um, you know, riding out a, a long postseason run with the Cardinals. But I don't I don't know that anyone would fault him at that point for, you know, just taking what he has and, and leaving that legacy and letting it be what it is. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he turns 40 next year. I mean, 39 later in this year, 40 next year. Um, and it becomes difficult. I mean, again, he's keeping up, he's keeping in shape, but that's not the same thing as pitching regularly. Um, I just got to feel like that, that gap is, is tough. Now, obviously Adam Wainwright's career, the fact that he has been a slam dunk Cardinal hall of famer is pocketed with these kind of gaps. You know, 2011, he misses all with a Tommy John surgery. 2015, he misses almost all of it with his Achilles issue. To have 2020 missed and him come back in 2021 would just kind of fit <laughs> fit the pattern, I mm-hmm. guess, to some degree. Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of feel like, like you said, he's going to get into this family mode and he almost did that anyway. I mean, he was yeah. like, he was really close to not coming back for 2019 um, and decided to, to give it one more shot. You know, you look at it and you're, you're right. He pitched in the playoffs and there's no guarantee he'll get another shot at that in 2021. Um, so maybe that is where he decides, you know, it's time. And that would be terrible. I mean, it would be sad. I mean, for him, for anybody like that, for him, for Yachty, you want to, you kind of want to know that the end is coming, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's like we spent in 2011 with this idea that every at-bat could be Albert's last at-bat with the Cardinals, which, of course, one did turn into that. Um, but you had that opportunity to, you know, express appreciation, to, you know, kind of soak in this. You know, we saw that with Matt Holiday, you know, when he had his weekend um, of just being able to to have that emotional connection. You'd like to see that for Adam Wainwright. You'd like to see him come back and say, hey, guys, this is it, I, you know, but I'm going to do this year or, or this half year or whatever this, whatever comes back out of it. So we would be able to, to have that, you know, goodbye send off, if you will. Um, so, but I don't know. I, I feel like a missed year here. I probably think that there's better chance than not that he decides to hang him up. Um, 
it's just it's difficult with a pitcher. A pitcher is a little bit different as well. Flip side of that is Yadier Molina, who you know obviously has expressed interest in playing at least two more years, who will probably play another two more decades. Um, but he comes to the end of this year, and if if twenty twenty is not played, but everybody gets the service time, you know Yadier Molina's contract is up at the end of this year. And what do the Cardinals do for Yadier Molina when he's whatever he is, 38 or whatever he is, um, and a year off from catching, what kind of contract do they offer him or do they, or does he decide? It's really hard for me to see Yadi just hanging him up though, even with the cap. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't expect that from him. I, I also think that the sort of normal expectation for a catcher at, at his age and time in his career and the, damage to his well all of his body uh, would be to expect that he might lose a step he might he might slow down a little bit after uh after having some time off i also though could imagine yadier molina being the benjamin button of baseball and having a year off and then suddenly being like three years younger in baseball years because that's what yadier molina does so i don't know how yadier molina ages and as a result of that, it's impossible to kind of guess his physical ability uh, after a year off from baseball. But it does create it does create an interesting scenario as far as the contract is concerned. Because uh, although I will say this, I I don't imagine a scenario where the Cardinals do not at least make him an offer mm-hmm. if he expresses that he wants to play. I also don't imagine a scenario where they try to. <laughs> they try to undercut Yadier Molina on an offer because they, that will never work well. <laughs> um, that said, I think they're both going to have to be realistic about what the terms of that contract look like, what the length of that contract looks like, what his condition is and and how ready he is at that point. If they were going to offer him a contract in the spring, it's not like they were waiting till the season played out to see how he was going to do. So I think that interest is still going to be there on both sides. I think that they'll be able to figure something out. It just might look very different as far as how that contract is structured now than it would have, or then I should say, as compared to what it would have looked like had they gotten something done in the spring. But look, I don't, I don't imagine a scenario where Yadier Molina just decides that he's had enough because as competitive as Adam Wainwright is, Yadier Molina is that plus a little more on the like competitively arrogant side of things where he's not going to want that to be the end of his story to say the least. So I expect him to be back with the Cardinals for some amount of time. I just think it's going to be a little harder to figure out how you plan for that. If you don't get to see what he has this year. Yeah. I think of course, the the storybook is for him and Yad and Adam to go out at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, but that just uh, I mean that doesn't happen very often, and I don't know that it's going to happen here either. Um, I will say, if you know, that could easily be that you know Yad. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, Yadi's probably catching like five hours a day down, right. <laughs> you know, uh, while we're resting here, but. Um, yeah, you know, there are times where if you don't use things for a while, 
getting it back is is possible, you know, especially yeah. at that age. I mean, how much, what kind of a step is he going to lose? What kind of, you know, you know, the, the defense has already slipped a little bit. Um, he's still very good, but it's still not, it's not what Yachty used to be. Um, the offense is still is, you know, league average. I mean, if you're taking steps back, how much are you paying for just the name Yachty or Molina? I, I, and that's, that's a, that's a difficult situation to be in. That's not one that I would want to be in if I was a front office trying to figure out what this kind of, of gap really means for him. Um, but you know, you're right. I, I think that he's going to want something and they're going to come up with something and, and, and they'll figure it out. But I don't know. I, I mean, this feels like this is a situation where, you know, nothing else could stop you out of your Alina, but maybe a, a season off does. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm a little, a little concerned that, that he will come. I mean, he will come back, but he won't be what he used to be. Yeah. And there's certainly that possibility. I wouldn't be surprised if they're, um, proposed two-year contract extension turns into a one-year with an option um, or something that is is structured a bit more like an Adam Wainwright one-year contract where there are some very specific incentives built in. Now, that's easy to do from the pitching side of things because you can put specific numbers on specific accomplishments. With Yachty, <laughs> there, there might be some contentious back and forths there if you try to uh suggest any sort of limitation because we all know he prepares for how many games a season 174 Um, yeah there it is and uh you know so he's he's already prepared for next season at this point because they're not going to play that many games um but you know that sort of thing I, i could see happening and i think the reality is I've said this a number of times in regard to a number of different things that we all have to kind of get out of our own way in expecting things to be normal on the other side of this. And whether that's accepting bizarro land baseball for 50 games in 2020 or what the contracts next season look like or who's still around after next year. I mean, all of those things in baseball and in the rest of our lives there might not be just an automatic return to normal. Like we just woke up one day and everything was fine. And what Yadier Molina is to the St. Louis Cardinals, as far as his current and ongoing status as a player might look different than it would have had they played out this season. Now the, the honest truth is that he could have played the 2020 season and gotten hurt in April and not Mm -hmm. played the rest of the year anyway. And if they had already signed a two year extension, Mm -hmm. then we would be having this conversation about how much is he going to miss or how much of a benefit is it going to be for him to have time off? Who's going to step up in his place, all those things. So we never know um, what that's going to look like. And, and that, you know, is just the reality of the uncertainties of life, I guess, to get particularly philosophical. Um, (laughs) But it is a little different for someone at that point in their career where, you know, they're always going to be asked about how much longer are you going to do this? When are you going to retire? What is it going to look like when you're not playing baseball anymore to then have a chance (laughs) wanted or not to not play baseball anymore for a while? Mm -hmm. um, You know, that is not something that Yachty has particularly had to face. One advantage, I guess that Adam Wainwright has is that he's done that. (laughs) He's had years off and come back from it before, Um, Yadier Molina just plays all the time every year. So I'm not sure he knows how he'll come back from a year off. 
Yeah, it would always be, you know, one of those weird twists of fate that Yari takes a year off and realizes, oh, I like this. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that would get Yadi or Melina to slow down, back off a bit, is actually having free time. Yeah. It's, (laughs) again, don't don't see that. But, you know, I mean, to, at the end of the year, to be able to walk, you know, without, without pain in in your knees and you start thinking, (laughs) you know, do I really want to go back and and do that? Now, again, I expect Yachty would. I I don't know that he knows anything different. And like you said, that, that fire is there to win again and and to, to do what he can, but it would be, it would be interesting if that's what it took to to stop Yachty or Molina was the global pandemic, Um, which be fair that feels like the only thing that could stop you out of your Molina. so um and and i don't want to get into you know we've already run past our, our normal time so we won't get into others but you know there there's so many i mean when you look at the history of baseball this this 2020 year is probably going to be a dividing line for a lot of players you know there's going to be a lot of of people that you know were on the roster uh, you know just a month ago that that won't play again if, if this season is gone, I mean, not just in the Cardinals, but in throughout baseball, and there's going to be prospects that, you know, never reach their potential because they've had this year off or never make it to the big leagues at all because of this year off, you know, and, and the interruption. So it's going to be really fascinating to see how things go, you know, five years out, but while you're living through it, it's really a pain. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm, very over it and i have had it relatively easy as far as not being affected directly by Mm -hmm. anything too dramatic um but you know it's back to the philosophical part of this man you you just never know and i think that's one thing that i have been spending a lot more time considering i guess is just that that this uncertainty that we're all feeling about everything actually exists all the time we just don't have to think about it and um you know now we have to think about it as it pertains to every part of our lives baseball just being one of them so it's uh it's that's the the sort of dark side of the conversation that isn't particularly fun but you know then we can get back to talking about weird ways baseball can continue to exist and and all of a sudden we have entertainment again so you know, everyone's dealing with the same level of unknown right now in whatever way it applies to their life. You always end with a chirp of the week for with with Alex. Maybe we'll just have deep thoughts with Tara. There you go. At the end of <laughs> Gateway from now on. Um, we'll have you come up with one of those every each week. So. Okay. All right. Well, we have uh, we've made it through another show. We have gotten 30 minutes closer to baseball. <laughs> for it may be coming um and so we will be with you maybe next week maybe not who knows we'll we'll just have to kind of play it by ear we'll see if any more plans come out of you know baseball you know building a rocket letting everybody on the moon to play a games um which that's that's the kind of weird i'm all about right now (laughs) i mean you thought Coors field was bad um zero gravity baseball totally different thing that's a that's a whole new ball game right there um so anyway we'll see what what baseball brings us this week and uh we'll see if we want to come back next week so until then that is tara i'm daniel good night hey cardinals fans thanks for listening to this week's show 
If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.